0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Black Blackland. If you're watching this, you are seeing that the curly girl is back. The braids are gone. We are a media website and channel bringing Black East Coast voices to the world.
1: This week we're going to talk about riots. So there were two interesting riots that took place in both New York City and in Toronto, uh, both in the same week. Uh, One is from allegedly because of a Twitch streamer. The other has to do with the Eritrean uh, Festival taking place in Toronto. Uh, We're also going to tap into something interesting happening in Nova Scotia. And if you're watching this, my hair is relatively the same.
0: You can follow follow us on all places, Black Atlantic, TikTok, Twitter, Threads, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. We've probably, hopefully, got it. And if we don't have it, tell us and we'll get it.
1: And we got through the intro. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, so first and foremost, um, New York City. So mm-hmm. there is very influential streamer named Kai Sene or Senat, um, who has 20 million followers on Twitch. Uh, obviously, he's very popular. He announced that in New York City, at I believe Union Square, he was going to be giving away a number of, of tech. He was going to be giving away, I think, PlayStations, mainly PlayStations, possibly phones, tablets, other devices. And as a result of this, thousands of people flocked to this area and in, uh, in union square uh, i should try to pull up the screen quickly for anyone who is watching um so this is kai sanayi or sanat i actually should have checked the pronunciation and uh yeah no he's a t- so when this happened um thousands of people flocked to Times square i don't have the photo it's okay uh not Times square union square bad start sorry so but so the police showed up it got a little chaotic i watched like eight minutes worth of video didn't seem too bad for thousands of people being there but uh conveniently there was a construction site which reminded me of the black lives matter riots but where there was paint cans and bricks and wood and allegedly uh people started taking uh the the wood and the bricks and Violence broke out. People were throwing water bottles at police officers is all that I noticed. But regardless, um, I'm not sure how many he gave away. I didn't hear of anything else major happening from that. But uh, within a day, the police charged this twist, uh, this Twitch streamer with inciting a riot. Um, I think that's pretty ridiculous because, I mean, while he didn't have permits... He, well, actually I'll say my opinion till after he, but well, he didn't have a permit. He didn't have a permit to have a public gathering. So they charged him with inciting a riot. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Hillary?
0: Well, I know a comparison you're going to make, but I yeah. will, I will skirt that first and say that I do think that there is an onus when you are a public figure to understand the gravity of when you say or do these types of things um i personally i am not into twitch streamers have no idea who this guy is would be interested to know like out of the 20 million followers how many are based in new york and what was a possible um you know reach or engagement that could have happened versus the amount of people that did show up um i do think that you know in causing um charging someone who to for inciting a riot already like the next day sounds very prepared and like you're very ready to just lay down the law on this person um I do think there's something to be said and I will reiterate it after uh, with like a public figure doing something like this I think you need to understand that you have this many millions of followers people love free stuff people want free things um and it's not like I don't think it's shocking that that many people would flock um, and do and like be there and do something like that. I do think that throwing the water bottles at the cops obviously is excessive, um, and I'm pretty sure not to pre-tease. They think I read that that's something that also happened at the Eritrean festival here in Toronto. So parallels. Um, but yeah, that's my take. My take is like. If you're a famous person, you should look into what you are doing. You can't just decide to give away shit in public without fully looking into and thinking the situation all the way through. Now share your opinion.
1: (laughs) No, that's okay. I was going to say, like, he did not have uh, a permit to have a gathering. But so at the same time, this wasn't meant to be a demonstration. This wasn't political. This wasn't meant to be a protest or anything or a market or anything like that. It was a guy on... A streaming service that said, "Hey, I'm going to be here giving away free stuff." I see YouTube videos all the time of people giving away free stuff. Um, that being said, you're right. Uh, as a public figure, he should have had uh, a conscious idea that there would be a large turnout. And some people I talked to were like, "Oh, f the police." "Oh, yeah, f the police." "Yeah, they got what they deserved." <laughs> I don't agree with that because, I mean, what were the police going to do? Not show up? I mean, when you have thousands, and this was not all black. The this, the Twitch streamer is black, but the crowd was not all black. It was a very multicultural crowd. What I saw was mostly men. What are the police going to do? Not show up. I mean, traffic was being stopped in four directions. There was a huge crowd. There was the potential for danger. I think there was like 30 cops and like 3,000 minimum people. But again, I watched eight minutes worth of video and I saw a couple clips of when you get that many people together and cops doing this, that, and the other, something is going to break out. But for the most part, what I saw was a bunch of like happy people being so excited to see their, their Twitch uh, influencer there. Like there was a lot of movement in the crowd. It was almost like a weird wave swaying. I don't know if that was what it looks like when people are gently pushing against each other from so far away, but everyone seemed to be having fun. Um, I don't know what the result was. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. Um, but again, it is shocking that he was charged so quickly. Uh, now you can say different state, different this, different that. And Hillary does know the parallel I'm going to make. Um, but how did this guy get charged with inciting a riot within 24 hours when it took them two years to charge? It's hilarious what you're doing. When it took them two years to charge Donald Trump with the January 6, 2021 insurrection, in which they tried to overthrow democracy, the government them, itself. And, like, apparently, quote unquote, for those listening, this is in quotes, like the freest nation in the world. Why mm-hmm. was a young black man charged with inciting a riot overnight, but it took two Years to charge Donald Trump. But was it because he was the president? Was it because he's rich? Was it because he's right? I feel like that guy that got fired from Fox, just asking questions with no answers. But like, what was his name? Yes,
0: oh, um, um, uh, Turner, Tucker, something, Tucker Carlson. Yeah,
1: yeah. So why? 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 That's just the big question for me. Why? I
0: I'll say this, and I can't believe I'm saying something almost in defense of a racist white man, but Mm -hmm. he was not physically there. He sent a bunch of tweets, and you could argue that people took those tweets and then took to the streets. I have made a rhyme. Are you rhyming? (laughs) (laughs) Took those tweets, took him to the streets. However, this man, of course, yes, like, black twitch streamer I would assume like the point I'm trying to make is that you could argue that because this man is actually there because he was one hosting the giveaway because he was present that it makes it that much worse I do absolutely think that if I was a white police officer who had even the smallest amount of racial bias I would be like oh this black streamer's giving away shit and someone's going to shoot someone hoping they get a PS5 and we don't want all that mess. And then instead just let the mess of the insurrection occur. Um yeah. I like, I don't know. Like, w- like one to me, there are two like not great situations, but one is like an actual atrocity on a society that I think like in my mind, there should be worse than inciting a riot for what happened during the insurrection versus inciting a riot which to me was and like maybe a a gathering of people that could have gone awry where there was no legal permit to do so and we have no idea like how it could have gone sideways but it didn't fully go sideways like those are the only differences i really see
1: yeah i I hear what you're saying. I completely agree. Uh, Again, just for those watching, I am going to play just not this whole video. I muted the audio, but just little clips. I mean, there's a lot of people here. People generally look pretty happy. They were standing on statues. The police are arresting one person. Uh, This video is about the fact that he did apologize. I think he's a young guy that just didn't think it through. But, uh, I mean, what constitutes a riot? I mean...
0: Well... I will, like, that's, that's the other question that I had is, like, semantically, does a riot have to be negative or is it just a unwieldy group of people and how many people does it take to constitute a riot? But the other thing I will say is, like, he's he's the biggest Twitch streamer on the platform, like, just in looking him up. He he topped t- t- Ludwig like, mm. as the top streamer and won a, a Streamy Award in 2023. So, like, I, I don't know, it's like... To me and my realm of the square of the internet, which is more like YouTubers, if like PewDiePie and the biggest YouTubers stood in a big city like New York and said they were coming out, the same exact thing would happen. I think it's really naive to think that it would have gone any better or been any different. Like, I think that's like if you're the biggest person on a whole ass platform, I I don't know. I think it's really stupid. That's all.
1: What's a no, No, I agree. And I mean, so, I mean, maybe charged with an unauthorized party like what if he had had a permit and thousands of people should people are here dancing partying having fun i'm seeing water bottles being thrown but what if he did have a permit and thousands of people showed up and this exact same thing happened i don't think that would be classified as a
0: riot the other thing is when i
1: was watching it just one sec when i was watching it kind of live um i don't know what station it was unfortunately but the reporters again i i still haven't seen any evidence of actual violence. I heard paint cans, bricks, sticks. Uh, The reporters were making it seem like it was a riot, but the video was telling me a different story. So that's the other thing. I kind of half watched it live and uh, that was ridiculous. Go ahead.
0: I will say that, yeah, the the definition of a riot is a violent disturbance of the peace. And I don't necessarily see it being violent. What I was going to say, though, in defense of if he'd have gotten a permit, would it have turned out the same way? I think that to get the permit, he probably would have had to have had security measures himself as opposed to using the police. Um, maybe line up stanchions, things to keep it more orderly than just taking over a whole public park slash square in yeah. New York. So it might have been less possible for this to occur, or at least then it would have made him... Less likely to be arrested versus, I don't liable. know, like sued by the city. Like, then who's liable? The security team and not this one individual. So, yeah, yeah and, that's I mean, true. He's a top streamer. I'm sure he can, like, like I, I don't know how badly this arrest pay for will the case him. and beat the case.
1: Yeah. yeah, probably not at all. And he gave an apology. I think, I guess, police would have had an opportunity to be able to reroute traffic properly because that's a big deal. Like, say, uh, say, an ambulance needs to get through, uh, yes. and they can't because of a, a large unauthorized group of people. Or police could have condor. been present. And I mean, I don't think it would have. Would it have turned violent had the police not shown up? That's always my question. At the same time, I have to acknowledge the fact that the police have to show up when they get reports of like 4,000 people suddenly co, or co- coming together uh, on one city intersection. So interesting. Uh, and this was just over giving away free PlayStations and such. But let us know your thoughts. You look like you're deep in thought. I was gonna move on to the next topic. Do you? Do you want to?
0: I was about to. Um. For some reason, one of the topics we want to talk about, the article, isn't there for me, and I was like, "Well, I can't talk about it. I can't read it."
1: The so, new union for black artists.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I have that open on my computer, and I'll share it. But that won't help you read it. Um, Right before I get into it, though, I will resend it to you on Facebook. Or you know what? It's in our Facebook chat because you sent it to me. No,
0: I, I opened Here, it. And I for some it reason, back. it says, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. There we go. Thank you.
1: Okay. This is no another problem. day in um, our
0: life. My goodness. Thank you. It's all
1: good. It's all good. So thank you so much to our listeners. If you'd like to volunteer to help with the <laughs> of the show <laughs> drop us a line um <clears throat> so another protest though took place just mm-hmm. uh i believe over the long weekend and this is a bit closer to home it's where i'm from and where you are now and uh you know i didn't mm-hmm. actually actually this didn't happen a lot uh when i was growing up in toronto i, th- I know everywhere in canada is getting worse everywhere in the world is getting worse and more more polarized and violent but there was in a Retrian, a festival that took place in toronto that was bombarded by another Eritrean. Uh, and for those who don't know, that is a country in East Africa. Um, there was another Eritrean group of about 200 people that showed up to protest the festival taking place. Now, the demonstrators that showed up, they were apparently anti uh, Eritrean government, and they were making claims that the festival taking place in Toronto uh, existed solely to raise money for the Eritrean government. Now, um, I don't know what atrocities the Eritrean government is being accused of, but this riot, uh, apparently riots like this took place also in Sweden and Germany, uh, where Eritrean protesters showed up to protest a retreat festivals taking place. Um, In our home country here of Canada, this festival uh, riot that took place resulted in one person being stabbed with life-threatening injuries and eight other people being sent to hospital uh, due to injuries. Um, Thoughts?
0: sorry i thought i was muted and i wasn't um before some thoughts let me give some facts eritrea um it the government takes place in a framework of a single party presidential republican totalitarian dictatorship uh the president officially serves as both the head of state and the head of government what are the problems in eritrea according to google War crimes and other abuses in Tigray, indefinite military conscription and forced labor, unlawful prolonged and abusive detentions, freedom of religion, refugees, then, of course, COVID, which everyone had a problem of. And it's listed as one of the um, is Eritrea is one of the least developed countries um and it says afwerki has served as president since its official independence in 1993 my whole life plus a year so now uh. that we have these facts i will say that like obviously i i can't i haven't looked up and don't know for sure that these this festival was going to give money back to the country of eritrea i feel that People should be able to come together and celebrate their their place of birth and origin without owning everything that that country and government has done or stands for. For example, how many white people do we talk to who are like, don't talk to me about racism, my family's not racist, or I'm not racist, or I haven't done what my grandparents did? And I think that that's fair Mm -hmm. and valid. I think I should be able to celebrate that I am part Senegalese without necessarily knowing any of the governmental issues that happen in that country. Because I'll be honest, I don't really know them because I'm living in Canada. So I think that mm-hmm. these people should have been able to celebrate who they are without there necessarily being a counter protest or counter demonstration or counter anything happening at their, you know, festival um i think that obviously like i said there were some parallels to the new york situation in terms of fighting against the right. police it's okay yep. um and i think that like obviously to me that's uh, abhorrent like you need again if you have a group of people and the cops need to be there don't fight the police the police, while I think maybe as a blanket, are often bad, it's not like they were causing the problems at this festival. Um, so that's my take is that, like, does sound like this country has some issues. A lot of them do. I don't know that I think that this festival was giving money to them, and the people going should have been able to celebrate all they wanted without uh, someone getting stabbed.
1: You're certainly not right about that. Um... I mean, especially in Toronto, right? Yeah. I've, actually, especially in Sweden, which is, I feel like, is known as a very peaceful country in general. Yes. Um, but just a couple of clips for those people watching on YouTube. And um, what I would have to say about it is, I, I, I mean, I heard another little article about maybe it was the people, the rioters, maybe it was the anti-festival people that showed up and were on the government side. I, I, there's really no way for us to know. But what I do know is, again, like I started off with, things are really getting crazy. I don't know if it's good or it's bad that people have uh, such an increased amount of passion towards the things that they they feel nowadays. It used to be this concept where, you know, you could work things out through discussion or de- not, not throughout all of human history, but at least in the past 40, 50 years, discussion, democratic um, solutions and stuff like that. But I People are violent <laughs> nowadays. They're, they're violent uh, about a lot of different things. Toronto's getting violent. And I just don't know where what that means for the future. I think you're on mute.
0: Why? What is wrong with I me today? I think
1: this time you're on mute, yeah. Oh,
0: I just, I need a nap. I need a nap. For everyone listening, I was at Oceaga all weekend long. And I need I hung up I spent too much time screaming at Kendrick Lamar. I need a nap. Um oh, wow, you saw
1: Kendrick Lamar, that's so cool.
0: He was the closer. It was yeah, it was, he was so good. He was so good. Um, in terms of violence, because recently there was a shooting not far from my neighborhood and a woman randomly um got caught in the crossfire and shot and killed. Um and I think that like My general feeling about the world as a whole right now is that people just don't feel like they have as much to lose. I think there's this weird sentiment that like the world is on fire. We've confirmed that there are aliens. There's like, like everything is falling apart. People are in submarines exploding in the ocean because they are multimillionaires, inflation of food, housing costs, all of these things. And it's like, There's nothing to do but get mad at the system and then where do you take out that anger at these stupid, like in these stupid situations and places because you feel like you have nothing to lose because the world sort of feels very hopeless, which is super sad as a reality, but like it's bizarre.
1: You're right. Um, I think COVID was one of the defining factors that burst our North American bubble. I've said this my whole life. Like we over here in North America and specifically Canada, we've always lived in a bubble, this bubble where we believe the world is okay, everything 's okay i and I, I myself literally just said that. Uh, I said for the past forty years that 's how the world has been that 's not correct at all that 's how North America has been. you know there 's never really been a war fought on Canadian soil since like the, the canadian American War of eighteen twelve uh, we 've never really had anything bad happen to us, but now we 're facing more economic struggle than ever, more inflation, more polarization towards like anti government like it used to be that you might not like the opposing party. But for years, I've, and I don't, I, I'm not a fan of Trudeau, but for years, like I've seen all these, all this violent propaganda and signs and truck things and even like banners on people's properties, like F. Trudeau and like, uh, almost in like death to Trudeau kind of, of sentiment. Uh, so what I feel this Eritrean ride really is a reflection of, uh, and many other things that have happened in the past few years is, Just that the North American bubble has been burst. Like We grew up reading about this kind of stuff happening in other countries around the world, and now it happens here. So it just seems like Canada used to be on this like imaginary pedestal. We used to be rated as one of the best places in the world to live. Um, And now it's just starting to feel like Canada is like everywhere else in the world. So my take on this is it's just one further sign that that bubble has been burst. And uh, it's really sad
0: i i mean i don't have much more to add i agree with that i think it's both like a popping of this bubble that was like propaganda fed to us but also this realization that like we also haven't been as perfect as we thought like when you think about covid and also then like simultaneously learning about um the residential schools and how like really coming to terms with how we've treated indigenous people black lives matter movements Mm -hmm. it's like one one well the
1: data that came out with the black lives matter movement like the data about how oppressed black people in north america really were i'm so sorry for interrupting go on
0: no it's okay i just i just think that it like and we've said this a thousand times before but like it took this pandemic and illness for (laughs) everyone to sit down and reflect on how awful these situations actually are instead of just like constantly being zombies working nine to five for the man, not even for us, like for us to retire at 65 and then maybe go to Florida, like uh, that realization that none of the way that we were living makes sense has really just made society crumble. But I feel like there, if someone could, if we ever get an assistant, someone could probably look back at an episode we did a year ago in, in us discussing the waiting for like civil war to occur in World War Three during Donald Trump times. And I'm still waiting for that to happen because it is certainly not getting any better. It's just yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, like you mentioned a lot of the relevant things, but yeah, there's also Donald Trump, uh, like I said, inflation and sort of that lack of certainty that you will have the things that you thought were always readily available to you. There are still massive amounts of global shortages um, regarding certain foods, even in my business, like things that you'd think are normal, just like beauty products. There's shortages of them. Like you can't even buy a dishwasher right now. Anywhere you go to look for a dishwasher, it's a one month wait. You're laughing because I told you that i just spent the day um installing a new dishwasher but even our neighbors like they their dishwasher broke it's it's a month wait for a dishwasher when we were looking for a car last year there were no cars you could not buy a car you had to get a a used car sure but you couldn't get a new car it it just wasn't available you'd be like a couple months wait you'd be on a waiting list um and the biggest thing is food security like this idea that there's going to be food in the grocery store like when there's no food, that's like post-apocalyptic, right? That's when society degrades, this crumbles. That's where people get more hostile. That's where we don't necessarily follow the etiquette and rules that we were taught as children of, of getting along, because it becomes a bit of a survival thing. And we're not there yet, but you're right, we could be.
0: Well, and it that's won't also what much. We, that's what we talked about last week, right? We talked about this idea that black people are now taking their their lives into their own hands, in the sense of becoming more like foragers farmers looking back to the soil to give it a like a return on investment instead of relying on these white capitalist monopoly infrastructures that exist because you cannot guarantee and then also if there ever came a time i i don't think that we discussed this on the show a long time ago i was having a conversation with a white man about the idea of like elon musk colonizing mars and i had mm. to sort of remind this person that like regardless of what oh, happens I've there. talked about
1: this all the time we can say together yeah we ain't going
0: oh we ain't going yes exactly is the, that what like, you're gonna say yeah yes yes the like <laughs> if he colonizes Mars the black people are not invited the indigenous people are not invited and like the working class white people are not invited my biggest frustration is that we're all fighting against each other but if like a white middle class mom just had a second to be like hold up then you're gonna help me either. I then, you know, many no. problems would be solved. I've been t- talking about this and har- harping about this at my day job because there's this stigma around community health centers. It's for homeless people. It's for drug addicts. But like, there are like programs for children. And when we get to a place where healthcare becomes privatized, white moms with their sixty thousand dollar a year salary who maybe have nice apartments in Moncton are going to have to turn to these places when you can't go to a, a walk-in clinic for your kids to get through anything because it's like a 12 hour wait for anything that's deemed acute and not a healthcare. trauma. Yeah. So
1: add that to the list. Yeah.
0: Anyway, i climbed down off my soap box. <laughs>
1: What do you mean? No, I'm agreeing with you. I was saying, yeah, no, no, all the I things don't. that we keep listening at healthcare. I mean, I guess yes. uh, in Canada, when you know, we've always had this idea that the government, and we're not a socialist country, although maybe a little bit, that the government will be there for us. That we do get free healthcare. That was our bragging right, right? We get free healthcare, um, even for most of the poorest people in the country, uh, those with the least. The idea that they're still better off than 95% of the world. There is still uh, assistance, uh, employment insurance, housing uh, assistance, uh, and that is becoming less and less. You know, there's more people on the street. So when the government can't provide enough security to make people feel like they'll be at least somewhat okay, I think that's also when this kind of breakdown of society can occur.
0: And that's also, like, I think almost in a way, like, the weirder situation and the more problematic situation is, like, we talk about free health care. And there is and like obviously like people who are on welfare have like a white card and they can get their their drugs for free and all of that stuff. But then like there's like I was saying, there's this group of working class and middle class people that like should also not need to wait 14 hours to be seen who maybe cannot afford their drugs either because they are on assistance. But that assistance would benefit them because they're in this weird almost middle place that doesn't really work. Like the system just doesn't work. I was thinking there's like, I don't know. I have so many feelings about this. I just think all of the systems are, are very much failing. Um, And I am, as I said, still waiting for that civil war to occur and everyone to rise up and riot or for enough black people to get educated on policy and democracy and politics that all the niggas start running for for government and we just take over (laughs) it. Just take over. (laughs) That's what I really want.
1: I couldn't imagine a takeover, to be honest, just with the black population of Canada being 3%, but give, giving them a run for their money. Oh, there was this crazy brawl that happened in Louisiana between a, a white boat of people and black boat of people. It was It's crazy if you find it on Instagram. Louisiana brawl over the long weekend. But to add to the Elon Musk conversation, now I've never heard Elon Musk say a single word about race, but yeah, he ain't bringing anyone to Mars because we know he's from South Africa. Uh, and I believe his father uh, made their wealth from you know, apartheid and the oppression and, and racism that was so strong in that country through mining, the mining of minerals, and stuff like that. Like, Elon Musk's money comes from apartheid, racism, oppression. So, you know, he probably Jay Z, maybe, maybe he'd bring Jay Z. I don't know, I don't know, but like, no, no, I
0: think that's very he was gonna funny. bring. I don't
1: know. One black guy who that could be another episode. Well, now this is a,
0: um, now we're asking who, who, what black person would Elon Musk bring, or what black person would I bring? Like, that's a stressful question.
1: Yeah, that's 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 you've got to bring keep an eye I would, the clock here. Oh.
0: I would want to bring, I'm not even going to name a real name, but I would I was, want to bring a black youth so that they can like grow up <laughs> and then maybe can, like continue to preserve the culture. Because, like, if you were going to say someone, let's say, like, Barack Obama, man's like 60.
1: No. No, 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 no.
0: Well, no. I didn't think that's what you were going to say, but I'm saying, like, we can't bring Michelle. She can't have no more kids. Like, we need, we need, like, we need, like, Beyonce's daughter. A youth. You. I wouldn't bring you the, the Knowles Carter lineage.
1: I wouldn't Jay-Z. bring Jay Z. I was just thinking who was the richest black man and maybe friends with Elon Musk. Yeah, it would have to be a youth. I don't know why we're getting, we're getting really deep on it's this funny, one. It's probably my fault. You uh probably like on the surface probably elon tolerates kanye just because uh you know i
0: just feel like they would be friends because kanye's
1: family (laughs) kanye's not crazy he just needs to be on his meds he needs to be on his meds so wasn't he wasn't it during the drink champs podcast a podcast in which noriega got kanye like super drunk or something and prodded him to start talking all that anti-semitism stuff i just learned this recently is that not true like there's this there's this podcast where uh the whole point is to get to get the guests drunk and then see what they say
0: okay i've heard of that but also he he tweeted deathcon to the jews was that at the same exact time that's not right i can't i don't i
1: can't support that in any way whatsoever
0: yeah so like unless you can prove that he tweeted during the time of that taping he's just anti-semitic and also i mean like i guess there, there could be a lot to say about language and needing to be medicated and I guess crazy is sort of no longer um, uh, an okay term to say yeah especially but he with the declared mentally unwell mental sure.
1: sure. that absolutely
0: and I think I think that probably a mentally unwell black person would hang out with Elon Maybe a
1: sale you pay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So I'm trying to say
1: all right. No, no doubt, no doubt. Um Last let's topic. move on. Let's move on. Uh, we went we went down the rabbit hole there. Oof. Um and you know, we're gonna get local now, and I just you know, for season three, because we're almost wrapping up season two, we mm-hmm. should probably start our topic episodes with everything Atlantic Canada and then move on to worldly stuff.
0: No, let's make the people wait. <laughs> you gotta keep listening to get to the good stuff,
1: our I don't stuff. Know. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'll let you take it from here. So Amazing. let me share it and you can a talk
0: new about union it. for black artists launches in Nova Scotia Nova Scotia to fight for fair, no, Nova Scotia, um, to fight for fair wages and more protections. Tara Taylor um said that the union of black artists society, which will be known as the UBAS, will have collective agreements for artists in theater film television music and fashion she was quoted as saying that it's for anyone that is interested in the industry Um, either you join with an interest and they train you to do what you want or you join with credits and then they put you to work and that it should be just that simple Um, she also said that local unions from decades past left out black people specifically in the entertainment industry Um, she said that they were basically a group of people that got together and knew what what their need was and they knew what they wanted there weren't a whole lot of black folks that were in Nova Scotia that were in the film industry at that time, so it was flawed from the beginning. Like any other sector in this province, there's institutionalized racism. The problem has become way too vast for either side, so you know Black creators or the current unions to fix it. Um, The new union created by the Black creatives from many genres, everything from the arts, except for culinary arts, have come together and are launching this union, national organization, to let folks know what we're up to and what we'll be doing. I think that's so cool. What do you think?
1: It's absolutely so cool. I'm so glad like things like this exist. Um, actually we were supposed to get him on the show. I did meet a black man from Toronto who was the head of the Toronto union for black actors, uh, videographers and and people Mm -hmm. in, in the arts industry, like the film industry. Um, so Nova Scotia certainly needs this. There's no doubt that there's going to be a history of institutional racism in that industry, just like every other industry. And, you know, I hope this organization sleeps in bounds in protecting these people. Um, what I will say is that there's so many small organizations in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick all fighting for similar things. Did my camera freeze? And, um, you know, uh, this is like a side bar from the actual point well not the point the sidebar from the article a little bit but there's so many organizations working towards these kinds of things and i just don't know if they have enough power to properly represent mm-hmm. and accomplish the goals um so i don't know how big this organization is i also don't know how old they are but it's great we 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 need, i don't want to say we need more of these we just need organizations like this that are larger with the ability to have different departments that they can like, you know, utilize their collective power and connections and resources and make sure that we keep fighting towards equality. Um, well, what's your take uh, on this? Will I try to fix my camera?
0: No worries. i answer the question that, so they are just launching and they did say that white folks uh, okay, can join, yeah. but they are not trying to segregate or separate. It's just that it is black focused. Um, the union organizers sat down with many other local unions to try to bolster black membership and said that the International Alliance of theatrical stage employees um, of the 450 members, there are only seven that are Black. Um, so she feels that no outreach is trying oh, wow. to, get to find the people in these sectors. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a BIPOC chapter of those current unions that still doesn't work because it's flawed um, and reiterates that they just want to create a platform that's Black-focused and featured and that their goal is to travel all across Canada, across Nova Scotia and the Atlantic provinces to find the 15-year-olds that are in their basements making mixtapes, we want to find them and say that this is also for you. Um, and they're going to be having um several talks and workshops um, that are set for, I believe, this weekend, this Friday at 7 p.m. in Parade Square, um, where Dwayne Provo, the Associate Deputy Minister of African Nova Mm -hmm. Scotia Affairs, who we've talked about before, um, will be talking about how African Nova Scotia Affairs is going to be supporting this union. Um, So there will be events going on. I mean, I personally think that it's great coming from um, I didn't really get to talk about it that this much last week, but for Emancipation Day, I actually went to a Soul Pepper Theater giving out awards to one of their directors for the, her amazing accomplishments and work as part of Emancipation Day. And so these unions that protect Black people in the creative arts and in all um, industries, super important. Um, I don't know the actual statistics, but um, stereotypically, I would assume that we are the ones who need the unions the most so that we don't get overworked and mistreated and that we know, you know, what we're supposed to do and we have people in our corner supporting us when we need to advocate for ourselves so that we are not alone in advocating for ourselves. Um, so I think that this is great. Kudos and kudos to um, Dwayne Provo and the African Nova Scotian um, yeah. part of the government. I feel what the Nova Scotian affairs um, for supporting because I think that's huge.
1: Did you read how many members are part of this uh, new union so far? No, right. No, I
0: haven't
1: yet. I hope they grow. And, uh, yeah, we all know that in, you know, North American culture, American culture is largely black culture. And that's a fact you can trace that back to your, your country music, your folk music, your blues, music, your jazz music, your rock music, your house, music, hip hop, rap, R and B, everything we listen to whether black people are currently prominent in these industries as well. Um, dance a lot of dance a lot of dance um a lot of dance routines a lot of the dance moves that have become pop moves um i don't know how in acting i don't know that we set the stage for the for the acting industry but i know that how much we were exploited right with blackface and minstrel shows and and, and theater like that in which white people were making money off of making fun of black culture uh and then eventually black people made money off making fun of white culture even though they didn't realize it was happening but <clears throat> these things are needed you know music musicians nowadays are getting a lot more savvy in terms of not just blindly signing contracts making sure that there's some kind of involvement or ownership of their masters uh, making sure that they're not completely getting you know raped uh, or essayed like left right and center just for just to get that free car up front and yeah it's it's amazing, but I, I know through all the like the connections that we have here in New Brunswick, that there are so many organizations trying to accomplish the exact same goal. And I've actually been witness to different groups trying to come together uh, and work things out. And uh, currently, and I'm calling out our people, all of us collectively currently, you know, it's not really happening because different organizations, they wanna lead the way or have their name be the one being said, uh, this is a call for, People to come together. But there are so many little organizations among Atlantic Canada trying to do similar things. And I don't have the answer, but I, I wish there was a way that we could all come together under one roof uh, and be a real powerful force to do the thing that you mentioned. Like, you know, I don't, you, you're talking about taking over the country. I don't, but just having our equal share of the pie of equality. You know, I'm not talking about overt racism. I'm not talking about violence against us. I'm just talking about equal pay, equal opportunity, and all of these industries we're discussing
0: i mean i i think that even speaking about new brunswick specifically there's so many organizations doing amazing work some of them are doing really Absolutely. similar works and i we've said this several times a lot of them feel segregated just in terms of the communities that they're focusing on whether they're focusing on you know the very rich history of black people in st john versus the newer maybe french UDM m attending black immigrant population of moncton they're all still black people suffering from the hands of white systemic oppression that happens because those are the systems in place and while i don't necessarily mean take over the country in such an aggressive way I know. it would be very lovely to have a black premier and not blame myron higgs it would be nice to have a light-skinned person it would be nice to have a french-speaking person again um it would be nice to have a f- black prime minister but i won't get too excited um I just think that that would be very cool and having someone who actually looks like us and can represent us um especially in New Brunswick but baby steps. It would be
1: insanely cool. It would be really cool to see that happen. Um well C'est ça?
0: C'est ça? C'est épisode d'un, d'un balado nommé Black Atlantic. Oh,
1: uh, oui oui. Um <laughs> Uh, I I understand most of that. Uh, So for any of our listeners, if you have, uh, if you've got suggestions or topics or or things that you want to bring to the the, the light regarding things happening in Atlantic Canada, please reach out to us and let us know. Uh, We do our, we do our best to scour the news, but it's hard and we're doing our best to be the news, but that's, that's another baby step uh, process there. Uh, We do our best every week. Thank you so much for listening to us. My name is Clinton Davis. You can find me on social media at Clinton Davis. Uh, we got crop over there. Hillary, um, oh, subscribe to us. Like the episode, click that share button. Any tiny little step you can do to help out goes a really long way. Um, that's it for me. Do you have anything
0: else? Uh, the only other thing is I make sure to tune in next week as after that, we will be taking a small break and then you will see us out and about in the streets. Do you want to tell them where they will see us?
1: at summer (laughs) salsa yeah so september 1st to the 4th we're going to be down at summer salsa recording some content but really importantly we're going to be doing a live uh, workshop panel with uh, a couple artists that we'll announce soon um yeah so if you haven't heard of summer salsa it's going to be amazing it's their second official one on the street um This is something that was delayed because of COVID in 2020. It's an Afro-Caribbean. caravana just took place in Ontario. uh, And this is, you know, Atlantic Canada's only Afro-Caribbean festival. So make sure to come out to that. Uh, I'm going to be in Toronto next week. So I'll be visiting you. I don't know uh, if there'll be anything happening other than a visit, but maybe new photos. We'll try to make some content. And that content might
0: just be for season three, which you'll all have to check out.
1: Amazing. All right. I'll play us out.